Hello, everybody. This is Jeff Reinbold. We are back. We've got through a long weekend of football. Well, almost through a long weekend of football. I'm joined, as I'm always joined by my man, Michael McQuaid from NFL Ireland. And we're here to bring you another episode of the Jeff Reinbold Show, brought to you by 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of the National Football League in the UK and in Ireland. Jeffrey, uh, how you doing? Have you had a Greg's? Yes. I'm good, man. Are you are you okay, man? I mean, you are I know it was a big, big weekend. You you put some miles on that body of yours this weekend. Well, this Saturday, which I'm so excited for, we're we're in Manchester. And I can I just first off, and I I know you'll equal the statements. Thank everyone for coming to Glasgow. That that was awesome. Really, really good fun. Really excited for this Saturday. Um, in, in Manchester, Band on the Wall, you can get tickets, lanktr.e slash Reinbold. This Saturday is the last time I'm getting on a flight until I go to Vegas, and I am now at home every weekend until then, uh, after this weekend, so I cannot wait. My body's like, uh, <laughs> but bar that, it's all good, you know? Hey, well, let's let's talk a little football. Um, today was the well, I guess the second of casualties, uh, coaching casualties. Uh, Frank Reich was fired today by the Carolina Panthers. I would, I wouldn't say I was even remotely surprised that it happened. Uh, David Tepper's history has been that he's going to fire coaches. He fires, you know. This is now, I think, his third coach that he's had since he bought the team, and you know, uh, that's just kind of the, his history. Everybody's frustrated in Carolina with the fact that they're right now maybe the worst team in the National Football League. Um, you know, they had the first pick in the draft, took Bryce Young. That doesn't – it's been a struggle for him all season long. And, again, uh, you know, I would imagine that Frank might be relieved, you know, to be honest with you. Because did you see the pictures of him, Michael? He looks like he aged 50 years in eight months. I, I swear he – and you know he's a it's good, stress good of the job, guy. Jeff. You know, pardon me. It's, it's the stress of the job as well. It's things that maybe people, casual fans, don't seem to realize. It, it takes. I mean, I mean, you can say because you're involved in the coaching role, it it takes over your life. You know, it well, it does, and and uh, you know, it eats up your health. Um, you know, I I I'll tell you, Mike. One time, uh, Coach Vermeil and I were driving down the road, and he said. He told me, he said, pull over, right? I was taking him to the airport and, I, and he said, pull over. Uh, so I did what I was told. I pulled over and and he he said, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, coach, what's up? And he looked at me and he said, I see way too much of me in you. And I'm just going to tell you, this job can eat you alive. And he was the first, he was the first coach that actually, uh, you know, coined the term burnout when he left the Eagles after taking what was the worst franchise in the NFL to the Super Bowl. And then they had a strike year and all of the stress of the strike year and scab teams. And, and then they didn't start very well. And he just finally had to walk away and be away for 13 years before he came back to the NFL. And you know, he had to learn how to deal with it. But Mike, it's 24 seven. It's incredible pressure. It's not a healthy lifestyle. You're in the office all the time. You're sitting at a desk. You're on a computer. Uh, 
Those guys don't eat right. They don't get enough exercise. I mean, it's all of the things that are, you know, bad about high level business. And you get, unlike business where you have a quarterly report or a yearly report you got to answer to, you got to answer every Sunday. And in pro football, you know, that means you, you're on a, you're on a very short leash and you could see the stress that Frank was under, the pressure that he was under. He fired a coordinator and I actually didn't fire him. He moved, moved a coordinator, you know, around. He called the plays. It was, then he gave up the play calling and it was just not working at all in Carolina. So I'm happy for him in one regard. Obviously, you're not, you never want to see a guy lose his job, but I think now he'll have a chance to decompress, take a, you know, take a breath and, and, hopefully come back and, and coach again because he's a good man. I think, yeah, look, I mean, I uh, you, you, you never really hear anything negative about him around the league. He's obviously well-respected by his peers, players in the league, but it's been clear for weeks that it just wasn't working. And while the narrative on Monday and early this week is that this move has been done to protect and show Bryce Young that he's the main guy and it's all about committing and, and trying to grow him, the last time I checked, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have got a defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes, a guy last year that took, uh, he had, what, 12, 12 games? 12 games of the Panthers was 6-6. Six and six. You could see thousands of miles away where I am from Carolina, the buy-in on the field, the players love them. I just think Tepper made a huge mistake not, not keeping him on that team. I, well, I just I mean, you, go back, you go back to Matt Rule. I mean... You know, Matt Rule wasn't terrible at, at Carolina. And that, that thing was really bad when he took it over. And, you know, he had them competitive. I, I, I guess, you know, when you, when you get, the owner can do whatever he wants to because it's his team and he can, you know, he signs the checks and that gives him the right to, you know, make decisions and move people and do all that stuff. I mean, I get it, right? But I'm going to tell you something. As long as I've been in the business, Mike, I'm – continuity and sticking with a program through the hard times is really, really important. And, you know, when you change coaches, it's more than changing coaches. It's now changing, a chemi- you know, the chemistry, it's changing the culture, it's changing the playbook. It's, I mean, the changes that go on are far bigger than, you know, just, one man. And so I, I think this is going to continue to set Carolina back. And frankly, they're going to be, and I, and every, there's only 50 of these jobs in the world, right? So, you know, everybody wants one, but the reality of it is that if you have choices, I don't know if Carolina is really where you want to, you know, hit your wagon. And, and I think he's going to find that out during this process. A couple of things we sort of mentioned it. How much did you enjoy Glasgow on Saturday? And there's been a few oh. things over the last few days. Uh, I have somehow persuaded you to come to Dungannon on the last night of our tour. Uh, after Manchester this week, you've got an eight tour date schedule in in Ireland, or just in the island of Ireland. So it's, it's going to be a really really fun few weeks. You've got a very very busy time coming coming back over here, but you're certainly going to make the most of it, Jeff. Well, I think the Michael those tour dates. And the one we had in Glasgow last weekend were, I mean, I love those things. I, 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 the opportunity to get one-on-one with the fans, 
to, you know, and I'm not, not my, not, I'm not fans of me, but fans of the NFL and to be able to chop it up and talk football and listen to their stories and, you know, how they got to be fans of one, whatever team they're fans of. And, you know, the, the couples, I, it's really cool. I mean, it's really, really cool to me to see the number of fathers and sons that were there, the numbers of husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, partners. I, I mean, this game is for everybody. And I really am really pleased and, and honored really to have an opportunity to go out into the, you know, into the field, I guess is the way you say it. And, you know, interact with fans of the national football league. Cause that this game has been so good to me and it's given me really everything that I have and the opportunity to pay that back, you know, by spending a few hours, you know, sharing stories and talking football with, with, uh, you know, fans of the game, it's priceless to me. And I, and, you know, Glasgow was a blast. We had a great crowd. We had a great turnout. We had great interaction with the fans this week. We're going back to Manx. <laughs> So it's going to be fun. And we have a beautiful, and I mean a beautiful venue that you secured up in Manchester. It's going to be awesome. Did you get chatting to that special guest yet? <laughs> TBC? Yeah. TV, that's TBC. Totally TB. TBC. Right no, now. We, we said TB, not Phoebe. So just I said TB, not Phoebe. I didn't. Come on now. <laughs> I'm joking. Um. Looking forward to that. We're also going to try and do a couple of podcasts in person on Saturday because we have time. Venue's taking over everything, so you, you're, you're going to be like a VIP, Jeff. And we're going to get you a Greg's on Saturday. So I'm, I'm very excited to get you a Greg's. Uh, okay, so so that the fans, so that the people listening out there can get this little inside joke that Michael has with, with me, right? So we're at Glasgow, and we we had finished the show the night before, the, the Sky Sports show from manchester we finished and got back to the hotel about 1 30 in the morning well the only train we could get to glasgow left the station at 5 30 so we had to get up at 4 30 to get to the 5 30 train and so that meant mike and i slept about three hours before we got to glasgow and obviously we didn't stay we just came in did the show and then mike flew back to ireland and i flew back to london so Needless to say, we were tired and it said something about going to Greg's and I looked at, I looked at the building and I've looked at that building. I mean, they're everywhere down here, right? I looked at it and I, honest to God, thought Greg's was a bank and Mike, <laughs> Michael thought I was the biggest dope in the whole world, but I'd never been in one. And so when. And he said, let's go to Greg's. I'm like, Mike, I, I, what do we need to go to the bank for? It's only 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> so I'll, I'll not live that down for a long time, I'm sure. Nice train journey up, to, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, 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 I had a great day, and I know people are commenting. I see Brandon's got a comment in as well there. And just a massive thanks to everyone who took the time to come out of their Saturday and do it, because for us, it. I think the matinee, the, the, the daytime things are working at the minute. So look, looking forward to Manchester this weekend. If you want a couple of tickets, hit us up or visit linktr.ee slash Reinbold. And then it's all eyes on Ireland, my man. All eyes on the Emerald Isle. It's going to be fun, fun, fun. Um, 
you obviously were working on Sky last night. Sky had the Jags against the Texans. They had the Eagles and the Bills. And then you all went, oh, I'm going to hold the bed. Don't worry about the charges against the Ravens. I, 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 yeah. I'm joking. Let me, let me um, just say this. There were, there were, there were four tired people on that <laughs> And I give Neil credit because Neil's got Yeah, you, you can see how tired you were, man. Like, well, like, but I'm going to tell you, Neil has the hardest job because he's got to run the whole thing, right? So he's got the, he's, you know, he's got the producer and the director in his ear. And, you know, he's trying to watch the monitors. and do. I mean, it's amazing how how good he does that job. And then, you know, J-Bell and Phoebe are on the couch with me. And it was it was two of the best games I think I've seen on Sky. I, it may be the best two games I've ever seen on Sky back-to-back. Because the Texans game comes down to the last drive. And, you know, they they try a long field goal, a 50, I think it's 58 yarder, and Damagala or Dola whatever the kids, Amandola it was. I'm sorry. Amandola hits the hits the crossbar. I mean, he's that close, hits the crossbar, or you know, you know, who they might still be playing. I don't know. I mean, it was really, really, really a great football game. And two really young, great young quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud, I thought, was outstanding. He made a couple mistakes, Mike, at mm. the end of the game. And a couple of critical mistakes that usually it's a young quarterback that makes. Uh, you know, they they could have, in my opinion, I think they could have helped him a little more down that stretch. But the one time he took a sack, that was an absolute no-no. Because you just can't, you know, move yourself. He... And that could have knocked him out of field goal range, and actually, it did knock him out of field goal range because Amendola wasn't able to, con, con, uh, you know, convert it. But his his chemistry and his connection to Tank Dell, man, they are going to be something to watch. And on the other side, I was really impressed with the way that uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, really dealt the ball to a lot of really good looking players. They Jacksonville's got a nice looking offense, and and Josh Allen. Their their pass rusher, I would love to be his agent today because I'm telling you, <laughs> he could just start adding zeros on the end of his contract because he had three sacks in the game, Mike. And you know, J Bell said uh, at the end of the broadcast, we were talking, you know, he was talking, and and he said you got to have closers, and he's right because you want your guys to make make plays at the at the biggest moments, and and I'm telling you, Josh Allen closed that game out for for the. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars last night. See Ryan putting the live comment and saying Texans got cheated out of that game. Do you agree with that? Uh, well, you know what? Somebody put a tweet out. Uh, one, one of It was on Twitter and I saw it. And so I responded to it. It, it said that the officials cost the Texans a game. I, I don't know if an official ever costs you the game. Really, that's the only reason you lost the football game. But Obviously, it was a contributing factor in both games because this is what's frustrating for coaches. And this is why I go nuts about it. Um, if if there's consistency, then then you know how to coach around the officials, right? But when there's not consistency, when they don't hold everybody to the same standard or one play, they officiate one play, you know, this way. And then, then again, you get the same call. You are the same potential call and they don't call it. 
it drives you nuts because you don't know you don't you can't help your players play. And I just really thought that you know that there were some of those interference calls were just so the all right. Let me say it this way, Mike. The officials don't need to be the 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 face of the game, right? And I think sometimes I really, really believe this. I think the officials want to be a part of the game. They want to make a big call at a crucial moment. They want that. They want to be able to stand there and and you know affect the game. Their job is to is to officiate the game, not to you know be stars of the game. We got enough stars of the game with the with the players, right? The coaches and the, the coaches, in my opinion, and the officials don't need to be the stars. It's the players' game, and the, I'm telling you that fan base in in Houston was hot during the course of the game. It was a really really fun game to watch, and I look, it was a standout game in the early window for sure. I, I guess while it's in my mind, I want to go back to that Bills against the Eagles game. I just said one thing, you know. As a football guy, when you get the ball with one, with one timeout with twenty seconds to go, why do you need? Why do you need Jeff? I, I like, and I think Tony Romo, and I, I like Tony Romo, but for him to sit there last night and say, "Oh yeah, I get it, the Eagles' defense is legit and all this," what? Go win the game. You've got one, one or two plays. You've got a timeout. Go and win the game. One play. Josh Allen was firing it down the field last night at certain points. What in the hell would he do? Well, I, I think what Sean McDermott did, right? Because that would have that decision would have been made by him, not Josh Allen, not you know Joe Brady, the coordinator. It would be it would be a head coach's decision. That's what the safe thing was because that situation. He didn't want to take the chance on an interception, a tip ball, any of the things that might have happened. And it was the safe play. Now, I'm not saying it was the best play or the right play. And it it turned out to not be the right play because they weren't able to, you know, hold the Eagles. But that's, I'm sure, the reason why he decided to do it. And it was, let me just say this. I, I talked to a friend of mine in Buffalo today, Mike. And they are hot in Western New York. And I mean hot. The radio station up there, you can, get, you can get it on YouTube, is uh, WGR. Steve Tasker and, uh, is one of the, you know, Bill's broadcasters. And, you know, Task told me that, you know, they're sharpening the knives. They want Sean McDermott's head. They want, you know, uh, Gabe Davis is persona non grata right now in in uh, Buffalo, but the, you know what? And, and I think it's funny because Tony Romo is a big Josh Allen fan, right? And on the play where they got their signals crossed, when they got zero blitzed, right? The, the ball that Tony should have thrown was the corner, right? Because the DB is inside of, the wide receiver because it's zero coverage. There's no safety in the middle of the field. And they ran a little, what we call a smash concept, which is a corner and a flat route. Right. And so instead of breaking away from the DB's leverage, 
which is what Gabe Davis thought what he should do. Josh threw the ball in the middle of the field and they got their signals crossed and they missed the touchdown because they, you know, again, you don't see, you might see five snaps of zero coverage in a whole game and 65 plays on defense. And that would be a lot because it's such a high risk situation. And, you know, in that scenario, the Eagles got away with one because they got their signals crossed on what their zero, you know, what their zero blitz adjustment was. Was there any other game that stood out to you? For me, it was interesting to see Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense improve after last week. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I don't think, had a pass and touchdown the last time I checked, but it was a really fun game in terms of how he took over. Trying to think the Broncos are a decent team. Never thought I'd say that for a while. The Chiefs came down, came back from the dead at one point against your Raiders. Jeff seen a Raiders hat in Jetty Sports on Saturday and wouldn't buy it. Didn't like the color of it. I think I, you know, I thought there were some outstanding games. I, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh game because, you know, sometimes things can get swept under the rug when you win, right? And I'm I'm not saying that this has happened, but I think it's something to look out for. Deontay Johnson, he got some issues, right? There were some plays in that game where he flat did not even participate, right? And last week, he and Minka Fitzpatrick had to be separated in the locker room. Now, if I'm on that team and I got a guy on, on my team that's that's doing that where he's not playing, I mean, he didn't want to block. He didn't want to run. He didn't want to. I mean, it was it was embarrassing to football. It was embarrassing to the game. It was embarrassing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was embarrassing to Mike Tomlin. Right. Here's what happens with guys like this. Because he's talented, he's going to get some grace. But I'm just here to tell you that those kind of guys are never going to win with you at the highest level. Never. Never. Right? And they're they're not worth the distraction. Now, the Steelers will do what the Steelers will do. Right? But how can Mike Tomlin stand up in front of his football team? And his, one of Mike Tomlin's favorite quotations, and I know you've heard it from him, Mike, because you, you work for the Steelers, is the standard will always be the standard. Well, that guy ain't living up to the standard. And so you got two choices. You either get him to live up to the standard or you get rid of him. Um, I was surprised at how, well, I wasn't that surprised, but I was surprised at how quickly the offense got better, but more so not the offense generally. But we've seen a few deep passes by Kelly, which is interesting. Bengals, for what they were, and for the fact that Burrow's not, not there anymore, Browning stayed in the game for a while. Wasn't the game for anybody but a purist, to be fair, Jeff. But it was one of those games. Um, trying to cover well, as many things as we can. Here's here's what I think one of the things. It's going to be interesting to listen to your podcast, your Steeler podcast this week, Mike. And Recording here, during uh, the week, Jeff. <laughs> Wednesday. It's, it's going to be interesting to, to listen to it because I want to see – what the reaction is to the how much better they had 400 yards of offense right now they didn't score a lot but they had 400 yards offense 
And the biggest change in that in that offense to me was they ran the football. Najee Harris looked like Najee Harris again. They hadn't been able to run. They couldn't knock you or me off the ball all season long. And now all of a sudden they make a coordinator change and the running back coach becomes the coordinator and the quarterback coach becomes the play caller, which is kind of an unusual situation, but it worked at least one week. And so there's hope to me in Pittsburgh for that offense. Time will tell, my man. Time will tell. Uh, we have loads of comments. We're going to get in the second part of the podcast, getting your questions. We have loads of questions, Jeff. Loads of questions. I know. It's a beautiful thing because we got some good ones. I got some good ones today, early on in the day, that came to my Twitter account. And, you know, X account. Yeah, my X account. But there were, I mean, there were, there were fans from just about every team in the league that had something to say about the games this week or their team or, you know, what's going on. Man, is that, that is, that's what makes this job fun. That's what makes doing this podcast fun when we get the interaction from the fans. Before we get to the questions, which we, which we will do in a second, if you're watching this live on YouTube, do fire in a question now. If you're listening to the podcast, happy Tuesday. Here's your TikTok or Instagram, <sighs> Jeff. Jeff is now on Instagram for the show. Jeff Reinbold show all one word. Jeff, here's the real moment. What was the biggest thing that stood out to you in week 12? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, that there is no perfect team. There is nobody that you would say, I can't see them getting beat, right? There's no, I don't see a dynasty team. I don't think the Chiefs are. I don't think San Francisco is. I don't think Philadelphia is. I don't think Dallas is. I don't think Miami is. I don't think Baltimore is. There's some very, very good teams, all of those that I just talked about. But I also see some teams making late runs and getting into the playoffs that we never would have anticipated. I, I don't think, Mike, seriously, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that your Broncos could sneak in somehow, right? And now the Texans, you know, chances took a hit. They probably got to win that division to get in. But we're also could we also could see a Buffalo Bill team that we thought was squarely in their Super Bowl window not make the playoffs because they got a tough schedule coming, right? They they have Miami yet. They have Dallas yet. I mean, they've had a tough schedule. I, I, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now in week 12. I said it last night. I'll say it tonight. I think the Bills missed the playoffs. I think they're not good enough. Six and six is not good with the schedule coming up. I have them missing the playoffs. And if that's the case, I think McDermott has to go. The window's closing. And they're going to have to regroup and rebuild around certain positions around Josh Allen. I think the window was already closed potentially. It's well, crazy to think. You know that is that is a big statement, but you you sound very much like the fans in Buffalo right now, right? And you know, there's a there was panic earlier in the year in Buffalo about is this is the Super Bowl window closing, right? But. I think that's that's one. I'm really interested to see what's going to end up happening in the NFC North, right? Because the Lions did not look very good against the Packers, and the Packers looked like they were a team that is starting to figure it out. And again, it's not too late if you get hot down this stretch, win six straight or whatever, win five out of six or whatever, 
you might be a playoff team in Green Bay. I mean, I, I would have never thought we were going to say that earlier in the year, right? But I, mean, I, I think that's the reality of it. And, and you know, you look at, you know, it's, who's going to win between, you know, <coughs> excuse me, the Falcons and the Saints. And, you know, that division is going to be a mess too. Yeah. Okay. There's so, like, this is the great, this is about one of the questions. There's so much to talk about. Selling this out of this box. <laughs> I'm okay. All right, this is Jeff Rambold saying aloha and goodbye from London, England, and Dublin, or excuse me, Belfast, Northern Ireland. <laughs> so from Mike and I, and we'll be back in a second to take your questions on the second half of the Jeff Rambold Show. 